Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes podcast. This is episode number 97 and I am so excited to introduce you to Kristen Lehman today because she is so creative with how she comes up with things for learning for her kids and it's awesome and for other people too. So Kristen, welcome. Thank you. And Kristen, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about you and tell us your story. Awesome. Uh, my name is Kristen, like she said, uh, like you said, and um, I work for a nonprofit organization called Hewitt Learning. Uh, I started out this journey um, not expecting to be a homeschool parent. <laughs> we'll put it that way. I was always one of those. It's like, okay, my kids are going to when they get to that age, I'll get them to that kindergarten age. I'll send them off to school and I'll go back to work. And I ended up with a couple of kids that. Um, it just wasn't the right fit for them. Uh, sensory issues, a couple of different things going on. And so we ended up finding um, co-ops and homeschool and different things that was just a much, much better fit for our family. And so I kind of, um, I'm a big fan of the saying, life is what happens between your plans. And you just kind of adapt and go and figure it out on the go. And so that's what we've done is we've, um, kind of just figured out life on the go. I have uh, four kids. The oldest um, I, is only 20 months older than twins. So I called them twingles. Uh, so that bang, bang, twins in a single, that you know, close, close-knit group kind of threw things for a loop again. And so trying to recover from the twingle effect took a lot of time as well. And um, so I have consistently taught for a lot of years, I taught college level math. Um, and then when my kids started with the co-ops, I, I got to be able to teach all sorts of things. So I ended up teaching um, mathematical artistry and astronomy to kindergartners and just all the fun things just to get in there. I also uh, uh, started a part of that journey. I became a SANG facilitator, SANG model parent facilitator, looking at the gifted kids and how do you work with these neuroatypical kids uh, the neurodiverse population. And so I kind of did that along the way, uh, along with the college math, along with all the other pieces and uh, stumbled into a program called Invent Washington and became a director for Invent Washington for a year. And then um, ended up with my fourth spontaneously arriving or surprise arriving eight years after the Twingles. And so is that kind of that big gap. And so life kind of revamped again and got the opportunity to come on with you at learning. And so kind of um, jumped in with both feet here at Hewitt. And so our goal at Hewitt is to just to get uh, educational resources in the hands of anybody who needs it. And so we've developed the Independent Innovator Challenge. We've got some curriculum. We've got um, a lot of different things. And so my goal is just to like you said, find creative ways to teach these neurodiverse kids that fit their journey and get it out in the hands of kids. So that's kind of my summary. <laughs> no, I love that. And, you know, and I like how you're just describing that 
your path kept changing and you didn't really know that you were ever going to end up here. I think that's kind of how it goes for a lot of us. <laughs> My husband actually, when we met, was in a uh, aviation training program. And so when he graduated, we gave up our lease, gave up our contract, everything, and um, my, my teaching contracts, everything, and we're ready to, um, we're going to go uh, do humanitarian work overseas is really where we were headed. And so we moved into my parents' basement for the summer so he could finish up his last couple of classes. And at 20 weeks is when we found out I was pregnant with twins uh, rather than just a single for our second. And so ended up staying in a multi-generational home for five years uh, and, and revamped whole life changes so there's been several factors along the way where life is just like okay this is where we're headed we're changing we're changing gears and it's just kind of life that's how our life goes yeah yeah and sometimes that can feel really stressful but it's a much better attitude to just say yeah i guess we're going to pivot and yep. just and roll with it because that's what it is <laughs> well it, it lends to learning how to develop creative things because you're constantly having to come up with something that works in this new situation that you weren't foreseeing and so it's like you learn to do it in the the big things and so it's okay let's take this to little things let's take this and so that constant need for brainstorming and needing to be flexible can be applied in a lot of areas yeah, I love that because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time to teach creativity and all that. And I'm like, actually, I think that's the thing is creativity and problem solving because that's a major life skill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that is something like my goals for my kids. I want them to grow up healthy, well-adjusted, love of learning. But that problem solving, like I'm not going to be able to teach them everything. I, um, it's just a fact of life. I know I'm going to miss things. From my own educational journey, I uh, I transferred between a lot of colleges. Part of that uh, uh, life journey, things happening, and so I ended up with a lot of holes in my education. And I ended up in my master's in math, having not taken some of the prerequisites. And so it was the first time in my life I ever learned what it was like to sit in a teacher's classroom asking for help and not understand what they were saying and you know, and that that failure in that sense was the best thing that happened to my teaching because i understood what it was like to not understand something and to need it broken down and to need it um there's always another way to break it down there's always another approach there's always another everything and so my own holes in my own education and i was public schooled all the way through my own holes um give me that freedom with my kids to say, you know, I want them to learn how to learn. I want them to learn how to problem solve because if they know how to problem solve and they know how to learn, then no matter what life throws at them, they'll be equipped. So that's, that's kind of my homeschooling philosophy at this point. No, and I totally agree because too many times we'll start looking at all the holes and the gaps and we start thinking, oh my gosh, I am failing because my kid doesn't know this. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's kind of funny what they don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Like, oh, I guess you are good number that. seven. We forgot to cover that in, in my family anyway. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> but it doesn't matter if we know how to learn and we know how to problem solve because it's not just with the academic stuff, but it's life. That's that yeah. to me is one of the biggest life skills. And that's why I love what you're trying to do with promoting creativity and problem solving, because that is a life skill that's so important. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. instead of focusing on all the holes and gaps, we focus on the techniques of how to solve problems mm -hmm. and then they, and how to learn because then they can do anything. It's like what, just what you're saying. Yeah. Like and we then, take hard, hard mornings. Like the other morning was just a really hard morning at our house. And, and we sat down and we're like, okay, let's look at the things that went well. Let's look at the things that didn't go well. And what can we change for next time? And there's no shame in things not going well, because things are always going to not go well at some point. And so how do you take the shame out of the failure, you know, F-A-I-L fail first attempt in learning. It's that, it, that mindset of nothing's permanent till you give up. Um, and so how do you incorporate that into the, the lifestyle and that home and that learning and, or classroom or wherever you're at? And how do you, like you say, the problem solving, because that's what they're going to take, um, that motivation and taking that mindset. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in just saying, okay, you have to do this curriculum because curriculum says you have to do this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we keep pushing through, we have these power struggles and, and that's when it's a really great time to just step back and start teaching some of that problem solving and mm -hmm. just say, Hey, look, this isn't working. This feels like a problem. It feels like a challenge. <laughs> so <laughs> instead of just keep running into it, you know, let's do a little problem solving. How can we make this better? What's working? What's not working? One of my, the favorite things I learned at my time in the invention sphere is when you go into brainstorming meetings, a lot of times people say, let's start brainstorming all the things we want to do. And that's great. But there's so many hurdles that have to be overcome to get where you want. A lot of times you want to start with, let's brainstorm all like, okay, this is our big goal. We want to finish the curriculum by the end of the year, whatever our goal is. Um, what are all the barriers that are keeping us from our goal? Let's brainstorm all of those hurdles that we have to get over. Because then if we, instead of saying all the things we want to do, if we say, okay, this is our big goal, let's brainstorm all the problems. Then you have a path that you can take to grow and change and yeah, and overcome those hurdles. Yes. So true. It's just because I talk about this all the time in the hero's journey. Part of the hero's journey is that you are going to run into challenges. That's mm -hmm. part of learning. And, and a lot of times we do think those challenges are there to stop us or be annoying. And we feel that way. And that's okay. Cause that's the natural human reaction. But then what we can do is look at it and go, Oh yeah, this is my burning opportunity. But I love what you're saying here is, is because we know those challenges are going to be there. Why don't we plan ahead about what they're going to be? Like we, we can predict what some of those challenges are going to be or currently are. Well, and you can't predict everything, but if no. you can um, come up with a plan for the things you can predict, then there's more margin to deal with the unpredictable. Exactly. Yes. Because as we're going on the journey, we know that the challenges are going to be there. Why not figure out what they're going to be mm -hmm. and why not put in a plan so that we can deal with them before they happen 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know, and then sometimes they won't happen. And then sometimes mm -hmm. they will happen, but we know how to deal with them. And then like he's saying, sometimes there will be unpredictable problems too, but because we're in that mode of problem solving, we'll be able to deal with it better. And, and the big, um, we have a lot of neurodiversity in my family, ADHD, dyslexia, autism, like a whole variety of things. And one of the things that we've been very careful about is everybody's brain is wired differently. It's not, even though ADHD is, you know, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, it's not a disorder. It's just a different way that your brain works. And so if you know that you get hyper-focused on things and it's hard to be able to shift, then let's plan for that. Let's plan for what um, will help you transition. Let's plan for the, that you are going to get hyper-focused on this and forget to do everything else. So let's look at your rhythms. Let's look at this and that kind of planning ahead to be able to work with the way each individual's brain works rather than saying everybody has to conform to the same thing. How do we match the person's brain, how they're wired and set them up to succeed and not shame the differences? Yeah, totally. Because we all have our challenges. They're going to be, mm -hmm. some of them are going to be the same and some of them are going to be different, but absolutely, that's, that's our own challenges. And this totally works for moms too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause like for me, one problem that I would always have is being consistent. And that's really hard when you're homeschooling because you want to be mm -hmm. consistent with the kids because you want to teach them that skill, right? <laughs> and, horrible at that. But that's one thing I had to do was go, okay, I know one of my problems is going to be consistent, to be consistent. So what can I do to make sure <laughs> that this thing I want to be consistent in happens? And then I mm -hmm. can plan ahead that way and I can look through and say, all right, I will set a reminder on my phone to do this thing at this time. But then I'm probably going to ignore it. So <laughs> I'll say, oh, no, I have to do this first. And then I'll forget. Right. So then mm -hmm. I have a backup plan. It's just yep. that sort of thing that's problem solving is where you can think it through ahead of time to plan ahead. And then because you thought it through ahead of that time, like I said, when you're in the problem, you're going to be start reminding or remembering what you had planned. And then you're going to be yeah. in the moment, too. Yeah. Well, and with more practice, because you're, it's impossible for parents, especially in today's world, to plan for everything. It just, it's impossible. You, you, can't. you can't do it. <laughs> but if you, it takes a couple of months, I found, to get into the new routine. So it's like, okay, this routine isn't working. We've got to come up with something new. Let's give it a couple of months. Let's give it some time. We know there's going to be some flex time. And just, then we get like a couple of weeks of that routine working before we have to shift it all up again. Um, but once you get in the flow of saying, okay, I have to do this. I have to learn to think this way. I have, then it becomes a habit and you start doing it and it becomes easier to have that mindset. And so then the shift of, okay, it's okay to give up this old routine because it's no longer serving us. Um, it, it, it becomes easier to let go of things. It becomes easier to shift. It becomes easier to transition once you've made that a habit, but it takes a while and you've got to give yourself grace during those. And even then, even when you're used to it, they're still tough. Transitions are still hard. And so how do you give yourself and your community grace during those transition times? That's another piece that's always hard. Um, and each family is unique in how they do that. <laughs> but 
but well, yeah. and I'm so glad you brought that up because that part of problem solving is implementing the solution. And mm -hmm. so I think a lot of times we think, oh, I'm not very good at problem solving because we can't implement it. Yeah. Well, and it, so the independent innovator challenge, one of the things we, we focus on is the design cycle. And as an engineer, I'm sure you're familiar with the design cycle and you try something and you go, okay, this works and this doesn't work. So let's fix this problem. Let's do another iteration. And you can tell the kids that have gone through that design cycle several times during the challenge because their products, their final solution is so incredible um, because they've hit all of these barriers and they've hit all of these, um, they found a bunch of things. There might still be things wrong with it or you know, there's things that can be improved, but they found so many of them because they've gone through the design cycle so many times. And I think that's true in life too, is you try something, you butt your head up against the wall and it's like, okay, this worked, this doesn't what can we fix for next time, the next time we go through this design cycle. And it's not a failure to have to try to go through it again, it's improvement. Um, as long as you fix something each time you go through the cycle and you don't stay stuck in the same spiral. Right, and I'm so glad you brought that up too because we've been kind of talking theoretically about like, yeah, it's okay to throw out the curriculum and do problem solving, right? But how do you actually right. teach your kids problem solving? Well, you do it that way in real life, but it also is really super, like helpful to teach them that there are patterns for mm -hmm. problem solving, like the design cycle. And we've all heard of Thomas Edison, right? Who mm -hmm. found that he's like, I didn't fail. I found a thousand, 10,000. I remember a lot of ways to not make a life. Exactly. He went through that design cycle many times. <laughs> and yeah, so teaching the kids the design cycle and in like with your innovators challenge, especially, um, that actually keeps it more safe and it takes some of the shame out of it. Exactly. You can, um, you can incorporate it in so many different ways. Uh, there's all sorts of quotes about growth mindset and um, failure and different things. And so you can use them as journal prompts. You can use, you know, say, you know, here's a quote, just reflect on it. What do you think about it? Write on it. Um, so you can incorporate it um, in writing. You can incorporate it in what STEM activities. Um, brainstorming, my favorite thing I used to, in one of the co-ops I taught was, um, getting kids to think outside the box. And so you pick up a random, I, I, I've mentioned this in a couple of different trainings, but you pick up a random item. I've got a pencil in my hand right now. And so you say, you know, what is this? And they go, oh, it's a pencil. It's like, great. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pencil. What else is it? And they'll go, uh, it's something to write with. <laughs> great. What else is it? And you keep going and eventually someone's going to say, oh, it's a bridge for ants. Oh, it's a lever. I can use it to pry something. Oh, it's a head scratcher. And depending on the age of the kids, somebody's going to come out with, oh, it's a nose picker. You know, and so they get these different ideas. And it's just that there's no right activities like that, where there's no right or wrong answer. Um, encourage that free thinking and it, it's okay to think outside the box it's okay to come up with something that's not the status quo that it's okay to um become a Jules Verne and think something in the future uh, and so incorporating I mean um activities in the grocery line uh looking for patterns so you look at uh scamper is a really big activity in innovation and invention where you say how can I take an object and uh, grow it, shrink it, um, change it somehow, adjust, maximize, minimize, you know, it's a, it's a fun activity. And so you can 
take that activity into things like the grocery store and say, okay, someone had the brilliant idea for um, Cheez-Its to make them come out in how many different shapes and sizes and market it. And so how did they, how did they come up with that? You know, Snickers, it's not just a candy bar, it's ice cream, it's, you know, the different th things that they've adjusted. And so you can do these activities and have them make observations when you're out in the real world. And it's teaching that kind of flexible thinking, creative mindset anywhere you are. Uh, it's also a fun activity to keep kids engaged when they're bored in grocery store lines. Uh, so yeah, so there's all sorts of things that you can do that teach that flexible thinking on the go. Yeah, I love that because that's, you know, what also just in nature, you know, mm -hmm. getting out in nature is so amazing too, because as they start to observe, they're going to start to yeah. see those patterns, but sometimes maybe we need to just ask them a few questions to get them going. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Fibonacci, if you want to tie in math, Fibonacci sequence shows up in nature all the time. You've got, um, bioluminescence is the inspiration for inventions everywhere. And so like looking at just observing around you and saying, hey, how does this show up in a different area? How does, how does this creature adapt to their environment? How do they survive? How does, um, yeah, how do they make their life work given their constraints? It's, um, a, nature is a fantastic resource for that, just being outside. Yeah, and even just like you're saying too, when you're out and about in the stores and looking at everybody's brilliant ideas for marketing too. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always a fun thing to do too, is teach kids to give their own pitch. And so have them come up with their own silly invention. It's like, you know, take a whisk and um, what can you make out of a whisk and then pitch it and have them record a video and see their creativity. And it may be something that's never going to ever go anywhere, but the creativity of having to um, promote something that you created, no matter how practical it is or not, is a fun, it gives that confidence in that public speaking and that um, my ideas are valuable. Um, and you can do that and you know record it on your phone and send it to grandma and grandpa and see if grandma and grandpa will enjoy the pitch so there's all sorts of different things you can do too yeah absolutely and in fact i think yes there is a board game that we like to play and it's called snake oil oh nice and i haven't heard of that one yeah it's it's fun because you have you get a card for a certain audience mm -hmm. so maybe it's going to be like you're going to sell the cowboys or something just a random <laughs> group of people and then you get two other cards that you mix together so maybe you get like moon and um, cheese or something. So then you're going to have to see if you can sell moon cheese to a cowboy. Love it. That is fantastic. <laughs> called snake oil. I'm going to have to look into that one. Uh -huh. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, game schooling is a whole, whole area that is just fun to, you know, there's election night. There's all sorts of games out there that are, that you can use to bring in and say, okay, we're bored with the writing. Let's do something else that's learning doesn't have to be at a table. It's not meant to be always at a table. Um, get out there and let's engage. Let's find the snake oil games. Let's find this and make it fun for a day. Everybody needs a brain break. Yeah. And, and sometimes too, I think we, we get a little too tied up to the curriculum where we, we just say, okay, keep doing your worksheets, which, you know, there's that meme that said, 
I was so inspired by my 12 years of worksheets, said no one ever. <laughs> no one. <laughs> I mean, I, worksheets have their place. We, we can use them, but but yeah, it doesn't. The, the, the funny thing is, as a child, I was one of those kids that loved worksheets because they were precise and I am the very analytical. I know what to expect. I know what my teachers expect of me. So give me the worksheet, I'll fill it out and I'm done. And I loved it because I knew those expectations and I could fulfill those expectations. But as an adult, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, but I missed out so many other things and those skills that I had to go back and learn as an adult, I can teach my kids, even though I loved worksheets, I can, I can teach my kids these other skills that aren't taught through worksheets. And, and I, yeah. I was the same way, actually, because, and that's also why I like uh, math is because there's yeah. one right answer. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want it to exactly. know the right answer, but it, it's what you're saying. At the same time, worksheets just are not inspiring. They don't, mm -hmm. they, they check off the box, but they don't get you thinking creatively. One of my favorite classes I taught was the mathematical artistry because it takes the, the numbers and it says, okay, yes there's patterns, but let's turn them into fractals. Let's turn them into um, mandalas. Let's look at MC Escher and his creative mind. You know, there's all these different ways that you can use math, not just in practical, because everybody's like, okay, yeah, we can teach math at the grocery store. That's money, that's whatever, that's, that's great. But there is so much math in art and there's so much math in other areas that you get those interdisciplinary things. And that's where kids' brains just kind of light up is seeing, the connections uh, in the world. Yes, absolutely. And when you can connect it to different um, lines of subjects and, mm -hmm. um, and also when you can connect it to yourself and when you can connect it to stories, because yep. all those people you're talking about has stories too. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, that's when the inspiration comes and that's mm -hmm. when you can start saying, oh, so cool. And the ideas come. Fibonacci sequence is one of my favorites because it ties into so much. We were talking about nature. Uh, it's in Sanskrit poetry before Fibonacci ever was around. I mean, like it, it ties in to so many areas in history, in um, art and nature. And so finding something like if you've got a kid that is scared of math uh, and so hates it because they're scared of it, then finding these other ways, it's like, okay, you, they love poetry. So let's find the math inside of poetry and finding that whatever they are in their journey and meeting them there and then using that to say okay now let's bring it into you need to do algebra well we found this math here let's tie in how do we do the algebraic representation of this sequence or whatever it happens to be and so you find the area that they love and that engages them and that makes their eyes spark and light up and say okay now let's tie it into the areas that's a little bit harder so that you don't um, we were talking about holes earlier, holes in learning, and it's, it's that you don't want the, every kid's going to have a hole in learning. It's unavoidable. Every person does. It's just a part of life. You just want those holes to not become a barrier to yeah, future. You don't success. want it to see, suck them in. It's like a black exactly. hole or something. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, so how do you shore up those weaknesses or those holes enough that their other interests can shine through. Um, how do you get them to where they need to be on their journey? And so using those interconnected pieces and those interdisciplinary things is a great option. 
Well, and that's also why I'm saying let's stop focusing on all the holes and the gaps mm-hmm. in the kids' education because what that's really doing is focusing on weaknesses and it makes it feel like, oh, I I'm um, I'm I'm broken. I don't know this stuff. So, you know, and that that is what we tend to do as parents because we want our kids to be awesome. Cause they, mm-hmm. I mean, they are, you know, but we want them to know all the things. <laughs> Superman has his kryptonite. That's one of our favorite things in our family is every superhero has something that is, would be considered a weakness. And so how do you create the structures and the environment so that the superhero can shine and not be, we have to acknowledge the weaknesses. They're there, they exist. And if we don't acknowledge them and we don't work with them in some way, then they are going to destroy the superhero. Um, but if we can create an environment where kryptonite doesn't come into play, then that superhero can fly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it would be like Superman going and sitting next to the kryptonite every single day. Like, you know how depressing that would be for Superman? (laughs) It's like, here, we've got to get you, we've got to get you stronger and more immune to kryptonite. So let's just keep exposing you to it and never let you have a break from it. Yeah. Then he's never going to see his value and all the other things that he, all the other potential. Um, I mean, it's good for him to know what kryptonite looks like and, yes. <laughs> you know, know what the effects on his body are so that it, when he is exposed to it, he knows how to handle it. But yeah, sitting there day in and day out by kryptonite would take away who he is. And, and you know, at the same time, that'd be like us as a mom saying, okay, I'm failing this kid because they don't understand, they won't do their math and we end up in a power struggle every day. No, that's where we can use our problem solving techniques mm-hmm. and, and start planning ahead because we know it's going to be, absolutely. you know, absolutely. It's, but, but we don't have to sit, keep sitting there with it, doing the same thing and, and exposing them to the weakness. We, we, instead let's build up their strength, you know, insanity. So, what was the thing? Insanity yeah. is doing the same thing every time and expecting different results. Yeah. That's the same thing with, if it, you have a curriculum that doesn't work or, you know, every kid can learn. I mean, it just, every kid learns at different paces and through different, you know, but every kid can learn. And so accepting your kid for who they are and what their strengths are and what they're able to do. And then focusing in on that and saying, you know what, there's all these expectations. Yes. We want them to be able to do X, Y, and Z, but let them learn at their pace. And as long as they're growing as showing, um, one of the other products that Hewitt does is the pass test. And it's the the thing I love about it is it doesn't focus on, um, I, it has to say, this is where your kid is compared to others. Cause that's part of testing, but the focus is where have they grown year to year? You know, let's, instead of comparing kids to other kids, let's focus on, um, how they've grown year to year. So last year, yeah, that we might have a seventh grader who's still learning their multiplication tables, but in sixth grade, they didn't even know how to add and subtract. And so the fact that we're working on multiplication tables instead of addition and subtraction, it might be later than norm, but they've grown and looking at that growth for that individual kid and focusing on their growth is going to be key for learning. Because if you keep focusing on this is where they're at compared to everybody else, then they're going to get paralyzed and not be able to 
you know, they'll say, I'll, I'll never be able to get there. I'm never going to be able to do that. And for that kid, they may be right. They may never be able to get to where their peers are in the same way. But given accommodations, given they're going to be able to succeed for who they are and being able to focus on what they need. And that person that can't do multiplication tables may be a great artist. They may be a great uh, reader. You may have somebody with dyslexia who can't read to save their life even in high school. And, but they can listen to audiobooks and they write brilliant poetry. Um, and they, you give them the technique of the speech to text, you know, those other adaptations so that they can get what's in their head out to the world and meet them where they're at. Every kid needs the permission to be on their own journey, um, on their own hero's journey. And their hero's journey is not going to look like ours as a parent. You know, my journey is very different from my kids. And so the focus is how do I help them on their journey and where they're at to take the next step? Um, yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly why I started building heroes at home because I wanted each kid to understand their own brilliance. And to do that, we have to focus on their strengths mm -hmm. and we have to help them see that those are their gifts to help serve the world. Oh, absolutely. And, and um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, as a mathematician, I have a lot of people who are like, oh, I could never do what you do. And I go, I'm glad because the world would be boring and not run if it was full of mathematicians. We need people who hate math, who are scared of math, who are horrible at math, because they tend to be stronger at something else and that I'm weak at. And so we need that diversity. We need the, the different viewpoints we need the people with autism. We need the people with ADHD. We need the artists. We need all of the different ways the brain is wired. We need them to make the world work. And yeah, yeah. we we totally do. And that that reminded me of the quote that um, C.S. Lewis said: "Comparison is the thief of joy." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> You know, because because when we're comparing, it just makes us feel bad, right? Because we're mm -hmm. comparing our worst to everybody else's best. Yep, <laughs> I I am guilty of that. <laughs> we all are. We yeah. all are. Yeah, but but we it, but having that awareness that we don't have to do that is so helpful. And, and oh, absolutely, we can absolutely just focus on the good things in our kids. You know, for example, I have a daughter who has really struggled with learning to read um mm -hmm. just due to different things and yep. but the thing is i think if she were in school she probably would have thought she was very dumb but mm -hmm. i just kept telling her i'm like no everybody grows at a different pace mm -hmm. you you might just be a carrot seed that takes a little longer to sprout mm -hmm. versus a zucchini plant that grows super fast <laughs> Yep. Well, you, you look at, you know, orchids. it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. You look at orchids that are these beautiful flowers, but they need specific soil conditions and they need specific everything. And you look at dandelions that can grow anywhere. And yeah. they're, they're both great plants just in different situations and have different strengths. Yes. Yes. And the thing with her though, I noticed she has some incredible talents that I don't know that she would have had she not had this struggle. For yeah. example, oh she can she can learn words to songs and like amazingly remembers them all love so, it i'm like wow that is a 
impressive. <laughs> yeah. Half the words. I don't even know if they're saying half the exactly. Time. But she's also very persistent and she's also very creative with mm-hmm. what she does. And so I'm just like, hey, that's the strengths we're going to focus on. You know, struggle, struggle is necessary for creativity. If yeah. you never have a chance to struggle, then you're never going to learn how to be creative. It, yeah, it's so true. And, and the other thing I was thinking about here too, is that a lot of times what we're trying to do is we want to prepare the path for our kids to go on to make it easier mm-hmm. for them, but it doesn't work because it's our path and we're trying to make it easy. Yeah. Instead, we need to prepare our kids for their paths. And we do mm-hmm. that with teaching them the creativity, the problem solving and focusing exactly. on their strengths with the confidence to build their confidence. Yeah. You don't want to make their lives harder. You don't want to add struggles to them because they're going to face enough struggles on their own. You want to, yeah. you know, let them figure out, yeah, teach them how to solve their problems and not add to them. <laughs> yes. Yes. And to, uh, I definitely started out that way when homeschooling with a lot of power struggles, yeah, <laughs> yeah. struggles to my kids, because I thought it had to be done a certain way mm-hmm. and they don't want to do it that way. Nope. <laughs> and I had to learn how to work with them and not, and, and how to prepare them for their struggles instead of create more struggles for them. And well, when I thought I was clearing the path, but yeah. I wasn't. Well, and two, recognizing that what works for one season isn't going to work in every season. And so the, the path may be rocky in this part, but it might be wooded in a different area. And how you're going to deal with a hill is different than how you're going to deal with a river. And so that's true in life where you're, you know, some seasons, the, what you have going on is more geared towards climbing a mountain and you put in a lot of effort and all of a sudden you're going back downhill and you're putting in the same amount of effort because this is what you've had to do and you've had to keep pushing to climb, but you're going downhill and all of a sudden you're going to be careening into a river at the bottom of the valley because you're, you haven't pivoted and you haven't switched to wherever you're at in life. And I mean, a lot of these are just, you know, these vague stories and these vague illustrations because, but that's because everybody is different and every family is different. And you can have overarching ideas and themes and mindsets, but the application of it has to look different because each family is composed of individuals with their own unique circumstances and their own unique struggles and their own unique strengths. And so what works for one family, part of it might work for another, but part of it probably won't. And so how do you take the advice, the struggles, learn from other people, take the pieces that work, and it's okay to ignore the pieces that don't, uh, whether that's a curriculum, whether that's an activity, whether that's a pattern, whether that's a lifestyle, whatever it happens to be, how do you figure out as a family of what works for you? Yeah, it's a journey. That's why the hero's journey. Yep, it totally is. And I totally agree because that is why I teach the hero's journey is because that's the overarching bigger picture that mm-hmm. that journey is really the same for all of us, but it is all the specific details that are going to be different. Yep. And we, you know, sometimes we, we try to all these different systems and we think, oh, this one's going to work for sure. And then we try another one. Oh, this one's and, and they don't work, but that's because we don't, if you don't understand the bigger picture, 
<laughs> that that, that's where it comes back to brainstorming all the problems. Yeah. Because if you just jump into the solution, you don't know what problems that solution was designed to fix. And so you've got to start with what all the problems are before you can find a solution. Yes. That, I mean, that's so good. You can't, you can't, we want that. We want to just jump to the end of the journey and have the solution. We, but it's that. We don't want the struggle. Yeah, we don't. It's that gap though, where we are to where we want to be, that is the adventure, mm -hmm. which is full of struggles and challenges and you can't skip the adventure. Otherwise it's a super boring movie. Exactly. <laughs> we don't want to live through it. We just want to read about it. Yes. Or watch the movie. Exactly. <laughs> but I, it helps so much when we can reframe that is, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, you know, I, I was kind of a little worried when I'm like naming this building heroes and, you know, what is it? We don't, it's not so much that we want to be like the Superman type people. We're not super moms or, right. you know, our, we don't really want our kids to go around saving people. No, but what we want them to do is to go on the hero's journey because mm -hmm. what that means is they don't give up. They exactly. keep going. They learn the persistence and they get to the solution. Absolutely. That, that persistence, if I can have my kids grow up with one thing, it's that ability to not give up. Yeah. Let me rephrase that to know when to give up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Because sometimes you should give up. <laughs> sometimes you should give up. So the, the ability to not give up, but knowing when the right time is to say, this is, I need to give up on this. This is no longer right for me. I need to transition. So they can push, but they don't have to. And so maybe we need to reframe that and not say give up, but pivot or change. Pivot. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing when to pivot. Yeah. Knowing when to let something go, you know, frozen, let it go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that is such a good life skill. And that's, you know, with homeschooling our kids, that is what we really do want mm -hmm. is kids who know how to live in the chaos of life, especially in our days. Yeah, it's chaotic. Exactly. And know how to do the critical thinking and the problem solving and to be able to sift through all the information and figure out what they need for their journey. And I think too, knowing those skills helps a lot with mental health. Oh, definitely. There is so much anxiety out there because mm -hmm. people don't understand that there are patterns that are predictable because when you can't predict what's going to happen next, that causes fear and fear causes anxiety. Exactly. And not, not, I mean, I'm not saying we should never have fear or anxiety, but it's good to be able to look at it and say, why? One of the, th one of the best things somebody told me was make friends with your anxiety. You know, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to have a panic attack, you know, you're going to have an anxiety attack. And so make friends with it. You know, it's familiar. It's going to happen every time you get this trigger. And so expect the struggle, expect it. And it takes away some of the fear associated with yeah. whatever else is going on. Well, and that's just what we were talking about with looking mm -hmm. ahead at what problems are going to come up and making yeah. to deal with exactly. it before exactly. it happens. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Yes. And that is really the skills we want for our kids to have in this turbulent world, because mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that aren't predictable anymore. Like there was, <laughs> who could have predicted the last two years? Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. You just never knew what was going to come next. And, and that does wreak havoc on people's feeling of, of safety. Of mental health. Yep. 
but but yeah. when we can help our kids see that there is that overarching pattern mm-hmm. of the hero's journey we yep. know we're going to hit the struggles we don't know exactly what yep. they're going to be but we have a plan for dealing with them wow that builds so exactly much confidence and, and safety and security in our kids absolutely so, and knowing yeah. that we have their back and allowing them like that they can fail and mm-hmm. that not just they can fail but that it is part of the journey and that we have their back and we're there to help pick them up and figure out what the next step is um and that sense of community and you know as mm-hmm. a parent that's where i want to be for them i want to be the one that i can't take away everything that they're going to trip over but i can be there to give them a hand to get back up and take the next step yep yep that's exactly what we want to do <laughs> and so- <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're running out of time here, but thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So good. And do tell us a little bit more about the resources um, that you have to help teach creativity and problem solving. And yeah, absolutely. Um, Find you too. uh, Hewitt Learning is the name of the organization. You can go to hewittlearning.org and you can find a lot of our resources there. We have curriculum. One of the big uh, things I'm excited about that's coming right out here shortly is a comic book designed to teach college level chemistry to kids eight and up, eight to 108. Um, And uh, it's um, really fun, the MC Detective Agency. And so that's coming out here soon. So we've got different curriculum like that and you can check it all out at the Hewitt Learning site. We also have several programs like the Independent Innovator Challenge where kids can present their idea, app, prototype, and um, connect with kids around the world um, and resources and mentors. We also partner with the Innovation World Alliance and the Global Innovation Field Trip. And so there's, I, there's ways for kids to be able to present and do activities with kids around the world. Um, we, um, we also have uh, standard, standardized non-standard testing, I'll say. The PASS test is designed for asynchronous learners for homeschoolers, so we have that as well. Um, so a little bit of everything, but you can find out all of it on the Hewitt Learning site. Yeah, I love that. And I love this idea of the new uh, chemistry comic books, because that's what we call stealth learning, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you want to speak learning. it in anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's it's what we were talking about, about, yep. you know, you got these kids that love graphic novels, so let's meet them where they're at. And let's let them use their their loves to be able to learn something new. Yes. Yeah. So good. And the independent, let's see, innovator innovators challenge, challenge too. Yep. That's awesome too. Cause it totally teaches the design cycle and that's problem solving. Yeah. So good. Absolutely. So, good. so yeah, we've got a couple of different things. And if anybody ever has any questions, they can always reach out to me. There's a, um, we're a small staff. And so if you uh, go to the customer service page uh, and email, it'll get to me. Um, eventually. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and, and two, I was noticing like, even with your independent innovators challenge, it's not expensive either. No, no. And we don't want, that's the goal is we don't want finances to be an issue. Um, so like our curriculum, we do have a set price and we don't have sales very often, but that's because we look at the cost and we say, let's keep this as affordable as possible so that year round people don't have to wait for a sale. They can just get what they need um, at the lowest price that we can get it to them. Um, we're not, we're a nonprofit. We're not trying to make a profit. We're trying to get resources out in the hands of kids. And so, 
um, yeah, with programs, we have like the Independent Innovator Challenge, we've got scholarships available. Um, we, we really do want to get resources into the hands of kids. And I was thinking too, super fun to do in a co-op. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's all sorts of activities you can do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate My pleasure. You taking time out of your day. It's so good. My pleasure. It was good to talk to you. You too. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com. <laughs>